0: Welcome to Stuck in Misery, the best Midwest sports talk podcast. I'm your host, Mark Bergen, joined as always by James West and Sam Renshin. Fellas, I'm really excited about today's guest. It's my pleasure to welcome a former Missouri Tiger and current Saskatchewan Rough Riders quarterback, James Franklin, to the show. James, we've exchanged a few messages before the show. You were on a hunting trip. You ruined a cell phone trying to paint your home. Just wondering how life's been going for you so far.
1: Uh, yeah, it's it's actually been going great. It's just that I had a a seven to eight day stretch of uh, not the best fortune, but I'm I'm alive and well, so I can't complain.
2: James, so I I saw a recent picture uh, with you, your wife, and your two cute little daughters back in Columbia a few months ago. I got to ask, you know, what's harder, playing professional football or uh, being a father?
1: Uh, well, yeah, that's a tough question because. <laughs> I would say maybe professional football because I think like being a dad is I think it's a blast and there's a learning curve just like with anything but I mean it's just so much joy that it brings you and it's so much like you love it whereas football it doesn't always bring you joy and and you don't always love it Um, and you got to deal with a lot of other things and and essentially being in a quarterback position, sometimes you got to kind of act as a dad to some of these other positions. But (laughs) I'd say maybe football, but being a dad's a blast. I mean, you to see a little bit of yourself, a little bit of your wife, and then a little bit of your kid uh, and their personality as they grow up and how they develop. And uh, I don't know, it's it's amazing. So I I don't, I'm not really big on, like, you know, people say, oh, marriage is tough. And Mm -hmm. Uh, being a dad's tough and whatever else stuff like yeah you could say that about anything but that's they make it they say it in a way as like it's a deterrent of hey you shouldn't do this or if you're going to do this just know there's going to be a lot of negatives so I don't really like looking at it that way because I don't think being dad being a dad is tough but I also credit that to how my parents raised me and and Mm -hmm. some of the things that they instilled in me I think makes me have a little bit different perspective um, than some people might
2: Absolutely, yeah, that, that I'm sure they're both uh, pretty rewarding, um, even even with the challenges and, and whatnot as well.
1: Oh, yes, sir.
3: So, James, kind of uh, uh, piggybacking on Sam's question, you said playing professional football is definitely, you think, more difficult. You signed with the Rough Riders back in February and in March. We kind of saw the, the uh, COVID pandemic really start to break out. You know, how has the pandemic affected you as an athlete And what's it been like being on a team during that time, and especially being on a team that you just signed with?
1: Uh, For me, the the pandemic hasn't really been an issue at all. I mean, nothing's really changed for my family and myself as far as, you know, some places are either closed or with restrictions and things like that. But, um, I mean, training-wise, I had a good, decent little setup at our house, and I can still find guys to throw to. Um, But being on a new team – and then with all of this happening, definitely makes it harder to, to get to know your teammates. I mean, already in the CFL, we don't have a spring ball or any kind of like OTAs. We just have training camp and then quarterbacks. We come about three to five days earlier before everyone else just to kind of go over the offense and things like that. What it just makes it tough is it like, you know, we didn't get to have training camp. We didn't get to have a season. And so we didn't get to mesh with the guys and really know our, our teammates, whereas next year, it's going to be completely different because some guys opted out of their contracts and then other guys uh, we haven't been told yet how things are going to happen but we're not going to have the same teammates as next year as we would have this year so uh, I kind of stinks I mean definitely miss out because even though I I signed with them uh, I still really I never never any team events or anything like that that I got to meet any of them so it's kind of a bummer but Uh, I mean, hopefully Lord Willem will have that opportunity this next year.
3: Definitely. I mean, it's a huge bummer. How did you find out that the CFL season was canceled? And just what was your reaction? And can you tell us a little bit about how you felt and and what was going through your mind?
1: Yeah. um, So I kind of assumed about two months before the announcement came, I kind of assumed it wasn't going to happen because just with all the logistics and then some of the fear that a lot of people had had, I wasn't very hopeful on it. And then as time got closer, I was kind of made the decision already with my, my family that I wasn't going to go up even if there was a season only because the restrictions that they were going to have. So what they were talking about, like the CFL players association, they send us emails and updates and things like that. Um, and they could never All the emails, they said they can never really come to a conclusion um, with all the teams and the owners and uh, their negotiations weren't going as hoped for. So they told us, though, one of the things that they were looking at was having like a host city and then everybody basically self-quarantining for two weeks before we go up there. And then once we get there, um, basically we're quarantined for four months, four and a half months in a hotel just players and staff no family whatsoever and I'm a little bit too much of a family guy to uh, to really make that kind of sacrifice especially with my daughters being at this age Um, I I didn't want to go up there and be away from them for four months not be able to see them or have contact with them for four months so it was tough and I was like man I, I I don't think I'm I don't think it's best to go up there so about a month before the actual announcement, I was kind of hoping they were going to cancel it anyways, just because a lot of those restrictions. And then, you know, I'd be put in the position of like, well, you know, what is that going to say to, to about me if my teammates are like, hey, we have a season, but yet I'm not coming because I want to stick with family and that kind of thing. So I was a little bit nervous about how that was going to play out. So it was kind of a, a relief actually, once they figured out it was going to be decided it was going to be canceled. And then also on the other side, uh, financially, financially, um, it actually wouldn't have been that, uh, it wouldn't have costed necessarily, but really wouldn't been able to make enough to be able to provide where I could have found a job here. So it was just for myself personally, and I know some other guys, I can't speak for everybody, but um, it definitely made it a little bit of a relief for me because a lot of those things that I was thinking about and I was concerned about uh, just going into the season. So it was it definitely a bummer, but... For me, it was more of a bummer earlier on because I kind of assumed this is the direction it was going to go. But then also, once things got to the point where it was like, it wouldn't really make sense logistically to try and make this work, uh, it was actually a little bit of relief once they canceled it.
0: That's really surprising to me with that answer in the sense that the word relief that you used, James, really stuck out to me because, again, a, a quarantine bubble in Canada for four plus months that presents challenges in onto its own. And then you see what happens in the NBA with a guy like Lou Williams traveling where he goes out in Atlanta and he could have potentially, that could have been a huge problem with the bubble system that the NBA had. And so that would have been challenging for all the CFL players to abide by the restrictions, make sure that they're taking the right protocols and everything that's really surprising to me in the sense that that was not the response I was expecting at all, just because (laughs) your family situation. And that's, look, that's going to be different from player to player.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. It it is. And that's why, you know, like I even talked with my wife, I was like, you know, if I was single and didn't have a family, then man, I'd be bummed because you know, not to be mean, but it's like, what else am I going to do? You know, I'm, I just training and stuff ready for season. But now, I've got my wife, she's my best friend, and then I've got my two little girls. It's like, it's a lot different because not only is it hard to be away from family, but personally, like, I'm a big family dude, so it's not fun. Like, when I'm, uh, right now, I'm, I'm making this little trip. I'm only going to be gone for not even 24 hours, but I'm, I'm missing them already. So, it's it's definitely something that is, like you said, different from player to player, depending on their situation. So, it, it definitely would have presented some challenges, but... I think the toughest part for a lot of players is that I know they wanted to keep the hope alive for fans and for players that the season was going to happen. But a lot of players are kind of upset because they wish they would have told them earlier because some guys were turning down job opportunities because they were like, all right, I want to make sure I leave football as an option just because, you know, it's not like we're making as much as in the NFL. And so they're turning down job opportunities and because it's like, oh, yeah, we know, we're working hard to make this happen. We're shooting for this date. Be ready for training camp. And then they kept pushing it back and back and back and finally canceled. Whereas a lot of guys, they just would have liked to have been told earlier on, like, hey, it, it doesn't look like we're going to have a season. We're still trying, but you should probably pursue other things. But they didn't say that until a couple months after they told us it was going to be delayed. So uh, it just kind of put some guys in tight spots financially um, because – we just were trying to wait as long as we could until we had a decision.
0: James, I'm curious. I know you had some experience playing with the Detroit Lions organization. Other than the money, I know you had mentioned that. What's the biggest difference between playing in the NFL and in the CFL?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it was definitely <laughs> a very short stint in the NFL. But um, just right off the bat, uh, such a big difference is the, the atmosphere because, you know, the NFL is just huge. Uh, not just in the U.S., but kind of everywhere. Um, whereas in the Canadian Football League, hockey's really big. Depending on what town you're in, there's um, basketball or there's baseball. Uh, and just football's not as popular there. And so the atmosphere is definitely a lot different. Now, in the team that I just signed with is actually has the best atmosphere because they're the only professional team in the whole province. So um, they don't really have any other teams to cheer for. But uh, the atmosphere and – also just the resources, uh, it kind of goes back to the finances, but, you know, a lot of the gyms we're either sharing with, and, and not that it's wrong. I'm just literally comparing, but we're just, we're sharing uh, publicly, like, like a community gym, um, that we have a card for and everything we go in to work out, or, um, sometimes they give us like a credit or a discount at a local gym for us to train at. Um, uh, so just things like that. It, it, it's a little bit different. And then, uh, the other thing is the, the Canadian rule. So they have, a um, where 51% of the team has to be Canadian and then there has to be like seven Canadian starters at all times uh, combined between offense and defense on the field. Uh, so some of those things, I mean, they make it for a different game. Then of course, the three, four um, and then the end zones are 20 yards instead of 10 and the field goal posts are at the front of the end zone instead of the back. So there's some changes like that, but just between the atmosphere and resources uh, that's a big difference. And I think for a lot of players that, had a little experience in the NFL or had um, a really good college that they went to that had a lot of resources. I think that's kind of a deterrent for them just because they 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 may not take it as seriously at first just because of those lack of of resources.
2: Hmm. That's interesting. I didn't know that about the Canadian rule. Yeah. But, uh, but changing gears a little bit, I kind of wanted to ask about your college <laughs> date. We were, you know, we were in uh, Mizzou when you were the uh, quarterback and uh, one of my favorite you know, memories or some of them came from that 2013 season when uh, the second season in the SEC, when you guys, you led the team to the conference championship. And I wanted to know, like, is there a point in the season or kind of something that, like a moment when you realize, like, hey, we have a really good team. Like, we have a chance to win the East and go to the SEC championship.
1: Yeah, see, that's a tough question because I think, well, I, I used to say this, I know every team has the potential to, you know, win every game, to go to the conference championships, into a bowl game or, or national title. But um, it's all about the execution. So it, I think I start I started to feel really good, um, actually, right before I got hurt in Georgia, um, just being that kind of atmosphere because, you know, you, you hear about teams like, uh, for instance, uh, Alabama, right? They always have a good team or they're usually really dominant. And the previous year, I was excited to play them, but I tore my MCL before, so I didn't get to. But it's like you really wanted to see how you're going to compare and how you'll fare up to someone, a a team like that. And so uh, when we went down to Georgia, you know, when we were down there, it was a tough place to play. They were ranked high. Uh, And once we were having success on defense and offense, it was definitely something that crossed my mind a few times that was like, man, we can really – we were playing well enough to win. We have a really good team. And, you know, you don't necessarily – when you're playing a game, you're not thinking about – unless you're up by, like, 50, you're not thinking about, like, oh, yeah, we could go to the SEC championship or we win a national title kind of thing. But you just think, you know, we're doing good or, or we are a good team. And, like I said, every team has that ability. It's just whether or not you can execute it or not. And we were able to do that, and we were doing it consistently. And that's that's more so that game. Like I said, I know I got hurt towards the end, but – that game was definitely a game that I had thought one of the first ones that I had thought more frequently that we're playing really well and we could do really well.
0: And how did that come full circle for you, James, just because you mentioned the Alabama game the year before, and that offensive line was one of the best in the country. They won the national championship that season in 2012. And then that next year to go to the sec championship game, to beat Johnny Manziel at home in Columbia, to go to Atlanta for the first time in school history. Like what was that like for you to have that come full circle?
1: It was, it was, uh, it was pretty cool. I, I really enjoyed it. And, and I've kind of shared this with previous interviews past, but I, I think I've appreciated that more and then understood the, uh, magnitude of that more so now than at the time because at the time you know dealing with that injury and being out and having to deal with frustrations about you know coach now I'm gonna have to split time and then they they acted like I didn't do anything and like I, at the time I was a little bit a little bit more selfish as far as like I tried to do the best that I could but yeah i was still getting blamed for stuff and I was I was letting the, the petty things bother me a little bit more and then I was thinking about other things too like you know, I now like we made it this far and then, you know, I'm rotating with Maddie and it's like, you know, now it's like I I wasn't worried about my legs. I wasn't even thinking about that, but it's like I – there's going to be – this is going to be an excuse as to why we're here. It's not because you know, I was able to help the team win. It was because I actually got hurt and I wasn't part of the team as much. Or I wasn't doing as much as I, I was before I got hurt. And so at the time, uh, I mean, I was I was super excited and I was ecstatic, but I was also putting – a little bit more pressure on myself than I normally would have just because I was coming back from injury. And I kept thinking about things like, you know, I have to perform well or else I'm going to get blamed for this. Whereas before I got hurt, I didn't care because the previous year I got hurt a bunch and I dealt with a lot of, uh, of mental doubt, mental confidence. That's kind of went downhill just with all the injuries and the, uh, poor lack of performance. And so before I got hurt, my senior year, that 2013 year, I was just – I wasn't worried about that. I was just doing the best I could. I was happy that we were doing well. And then I got hurt. And then coming back, I just kind of fell back into the previous year's mindset of, like, I'm going to have to do good or else, you know, the fans are going to be disappointed. My teammates are going to be disappointed. My coaches are going to be disappointed. Uh, I, I have to do well or else I'm going to get blamed for this win or I'm going to get blamed for you know, not doing well enough or not completing that throw or missing that pass and so I was kind of putting pressure on myself that I, that I did the previous year that I knew not to but because I'd gotten hurt and I just kind of let my emotions take over that's kind of how I was thinking and so I wasn't really realizing at the time you know like this is the first time it's our second year in the com- SEC conference and first time school history going to SEC championship and Um, just how the things that we accomplished this year, and the teams that we were playing and and what we were able to do. um, I I didn't really have that soak in until a few years after I was done at Mizzou uh, when I could really take my emotions out of it and appreciate what happened during my time there.
3: And I'm sure, too, fighting back from injury and, like you mentioned, having to split time with Maddie and, like you said, kind of putting some of that extra pressure on yourself. Uh, I'm sure we're all really curious, what was your relationship like with Maddie during that time while you were injured? And then once you kind of came back and you started splitting time with him?
1: Oh, it was great. He was actually a a groomsman at my wedding. Um, But I didn't, it was never anything against him because, you know, he wasn't making those decisions. That's something that has never made sense to me. Or I've tried not to do myself is like, no matter what position you're at quarterback, there's always going to be a backup and then a third and or fourth string. And it's like, you know, those guys don't make the decisions, the coaches do. And so I was never uh, like with Matt, he was great. I was never mad at him. I always tried to help him out when I could. And he, we disclose stuff to each other that you know we either didn't share with the coaches or with interviews or anything like that, but ours was great. And he was fun. He was, he was always really respectful and, you know, he, he even told me a couple of times, like, you know, hey, James, like, I know that this is your team. So I just want to do the best I can, you know, while you're out and show what I can do. And I'm like, dude, you go ahead. Like, I am I appreciate you saying that. It means a lot. And don't worry about it. You know, I want the team to do good, even though I'm mad or, or upset or hurt because I physically got hurt and I can't play. Like, I, I don't – that doesn't mean I want you to do bad and I want the team to do bad just because I'm not helping. And so we actually had a great relationship. Uh, and I was really thankful for that and he was never, you know, as I don't know if people ever thought he was arrogant or not, but he was never arrogant with me and he was always just super humble and, and thankful and appreciative and, and, I, and that went a long way for me. I, that's kind of one of the reasons why he was one of my groomsmen at my wedding because uh, it went a lot deeper than what people might have thought with that kind of controversy coming up between two quarterbacks.
0: James, I want to go back even a year before that. And at the time, I was starting to get my feet wet a little bit at KOMU, the student NBC station and affiliate in Columbia, Missouri. And we were hearing rumblings that Mizzou was considering the move from the Big 12 to the SEC. And really when it became official for us is when the bar Big 12, which is on 9th Street, which when we were in school there, that's what everyone called it, its official name changed to SEC campus bar and grill. At what point did you realize, oh my gosh, Mizzou's going to move from the Big Twelve to the SEC? And what do you remember about that?
1: <laughs> well, I actually remember uh I think my parents were in town and I just remember there was this like press release at the time by uh Alden, uh Mike Alden and he was just saying, you know, we're going to the SEC. And I just, I saw it on my phone. And I was like, huh, that's cool. We're going to the SEC. Like, it was just like, oh, all right. Um, <laughs> it wasn't anything like too major, but that's kind of, that was my initial reaction. And, and I, I've never been big on, I know fans haven't always liked this about me, but I've never been big on like rivalries as far as, you know, oh, KU, we hate KU and this and that. Um, I've never been big on, you know, it's like, oh, uh, this, this person's a superstar celebrity. Like, it's awesome. I got to meet them and talk to them. And so when, it, when we moved to the SEC, I just thought, oh, like, oh, that's cool. You know, I wasn't thinking, oh, yeah, we're in the big boy conference or, oh, you know, we're going to do all these other things. And so, I mean, I was excited. But, and it was actually kind of cool for me uh, personally that I thought about it. And I, I was like, man, I got two years in the Big 12 and two years in the SEC not a lot of uh, players can say that they got that. And so um, it was just, it's something I thought was pretty neat.
2: Yeah. I, I got to say, uh, James, you were pretty spoiled to have you and Maddie back when we <laughs> went to college. So I think those were some good times for us. Um, but moving ahead, kind of to this season, you know, new coach, um, new quarterback, kind of what are your expectations for Eli Drinkwitz and uh, the Mizzou team this fall?
1: Uh, well, yeah. see that, that's tough for me too. Cause I, I don't know if I'd say expectations, but I'm definitely pulling for them. I hope they do well. I got to meet Coach Drink, and he, he was awesome. He, actually, that picture you're talking about that you saw with me and my girls, um, <laughs> he saw that, and then he texted me. And, you know, I didn't even know he had, his, his, uh, he had my number because a few months prior to that, I got in this text, and it was uh, a picture of, like, some of the Mizzou, former Mizzou quarterbacks that's being put up at the new facility, and I was on one of the pictures. He said, We're pushing this out tomorrow. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. I didn't know who it was because random people would text me. And I know I'm not the best at saving numbers. And so I was <laughs> like, That's why that's I messaged you again on Twitter, Mark. <laughs> but um, so he got this text. And I was like, Oh, how cool. And he's like, Hey, hope you can make it this spring game. And I was like, Yes, sir. We'll see. And I'm like, I don't, I have no idea who this is. I kept telling my wife. And then he texted me after I posted that picture I was like, Hey, why don't you come by the office? and – We'll get to formally meet, and I'll introduce you to some of the coaches. And I was like, Coach Drink? He's like, yep. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> and, <fun.
3: laughs>
1: I meet him. and he was awesome. He's, he's a big family guy, and he's just really personable, and he had a lot of stories. Uh, and, and I really liked him. then I, I actually uh, – I got to – I went through with some of the – or all the quarterbacks and a couple of the – or in the, most of the receivers uh, in the summer. Uh, I think this would have been maybe like early June. Um, and so I went there and, um, just kind of got to watch them do some seven on seven and stuff like that on their own. And it was cool. And so I got to meet them all and I'm, I'm definitely, I'm pulling from it. So I hope that they do well, kind of like I said earlier, uh, yeah, every team has a potential to, to do well, and to be great, It's just the execution. So, right. um, I definitely, I believe that they do have the ability to do really well this year. Um, and I, I hope that, that, that they do, I, I really like, I'm a big people person and, I like Coach Drinks and I like um, some of the players that I've met. And, you know, it's, a, it's where I went to school. So I've, I'm always going to be pulling for him.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was going to say, uh, I really like Eli, too. I'm, I'm really hoping that uh, he could do well in his first year. And I know there's a little bit of a, a QB battle going on. Do you think there, you know, might be some sort of parallels between the QB battle this year versus the one that you were in?
1: Um. Well, are you making this a race issue, like black and white, or? <laughs> oh, no, no. no, just... no I'm just teasing, man. Oh, my <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't resist. I couldn't resist. Um, but, no, I, yeah, I, I, I think so. I mean, that's a tough part. Like I was saying earlier, when you have those quarterback battles, it's at the end of the day, the coach makes a decision. And so I don't think it's very smart to be upset at the other quarterback if you get beat out or if he has success, like you don't want to wish bad on him because again, it's you're competing. You don't want to get the job just because you want it. You want to get the job because you've earned it. And then when a coach makes that decision, you have to respect that decision. And you can, yeah, you might be a little upset at the coach, but regardless, you shouldn't take that out towards your teammate because again, he's not making the decision. So uh, I do think there are some parallels, and, and there's a lot of pressure. I remember going into my sophomore year, I was competing with Tyler Gabbard and, you know, some of the stuff that I was worried about, stressed out about, thinking about. And then after talking with my dad, I was like, you know what? I'm, I need to stop stressing so much. You know, whether I get the starting spot or not, I, I'm sure at some point I'll at least be able to play in a game or two. And when I do, I'll make sure I'll, I'll do the best that I can. And so when I took that philosophy, it actually took a lot of pressure off myself of, like, having to do what well, I wanted to do well. And then I actually started doing better because I, I was able to relax and, and kind of go out there and, and have fun and kind of do what I uh, was recruited to do, and, and that's play the quarterback position. And so uh, I think this year, too, you know, it, it does stink. You want to win the starting spot. But, again, um, you got to earn it. And if, even if you don't agree with the decision, you, you have to respect that and be considerate of that and then also be a good teammate because I look back at it, and, and I'm not knocking Tyler at all, but it's like, so I ended up getting the starting spot. Well, look at the following year. If he, he was still there, uh, I was out. I missed nine games that year. So he almost would have played a full season. Uh, and I'm not wishing or saying someone's always going to get hurt, but it's like you always have to be optimistic about that. And you always have to think big picture. It's like, yeah, I might have lost this battle, um, but kind of you might have heard a cliche saying, you know, I lost a battle, but not the war. And just think long term because there's always an opportunity that will present itself um, and just making sure you're ready. So, yeah, this year, um, I mean, I'm not necessarily pulling for one guy over the other, but uh, I just hope that while they're competing, they're still having a good attitude, and being respectful about it to one another.
3: You mentioned that, you know, every team has the opportunity to be a championship team and it all comes down to execution. Mizzou faces off with a new coach this week against Alabama. You mentioned kind of loving that opportunity to play those teams and see how you match up.
1: What should Mizzou fans look for this week in the game? Uh, well, hopefully they can look for um, a, lot, a lot of success. But, I mean, I know it's, you can't control everyone. And, and when people are passionate, they don't necessarily mean bad if they're just like, oh, come on, like why would you throw that or how would you miss that tackle? Um, but keeping that belief. Uh, that goes a long way. Cause you know, as a player, I, I remember thinking anytime I missed a pass or um, you know, got sacked or whatever, and you can kind of hear the breath taken out of the crowd and you know, you can hear the disappointment and it was just like, Oh man, like I feel so bad now. I got to go over to the sideline where I'm closer to them. And it's like, Oh, Hey, I just let you guys down. Also I'm standing right in front of you. So anything you have to say, go ahead and say it. But as much as they can keep belief in, and the players, you know, it's like, yeah, I know a lot of people are expecting Alabama to win because they've all—they're always a good team every year. But if they can keep that belief. Uh, the players can feel that as much as they might not think they—they they hear them underneath their breaths uh, when they're up in the stands in the nosebleed seats or you know, in the concession stands, watching on the monitor. It travels a lot further. There's something about the energy of fans that really does help the players. And so, uh, facing Alabama, I would just say. I hope the, that the fans, they, they can look for a lot of positive energy from the players and that they can feed off of that because it's going to go a long way. Yep.
0: James, you've mentioned several of your former teammates at Mizzou. Which was your favorite teammate while you were at the University of Missouri?
1: Ooh, that's tough. That's, okay, so, I mean, I definitely, I like Jimmy Costello in my freshman years there. Um, I liked Henry Josie a lot. I liked Maddie. Uh, I liked Corbin, Burkechester a lot. Um, Murphy, Marcus Murphy, he was, he was up there. Uh, dang, dang, the Damian Washington. Uh, I liked Bud. I liked Coney, Ely. I liked Michael Sam. I liked uh, uh, Wilson, our, our middle linebacker. I liked Andrew. Uh, oh, Will Ebner. Will Ebner is probably, he'll comment sometimes on like my, my Facebook posts and stuff or my Instagram posts. He's always had a good sense of humor. Like I, I made a post, thank you, Mizzou, a few months back. I was like, hey, Mizzou, just want to say thanks for everything I, I learned there and how it helped me become to who I am today. And everyone's con- like fans are commenting and they're being really nice. And then Will comments and says, you're welcome. Yeah. But it's really hard to to pinpoint just one. Um, like I said, I'm such a people person that there's so many, like I, I do miss those guys and, and had such a good time there, but I, I mean, there's so many of them that I, oh, and I liked Elvis. I liked, uh, Max Copeland just, I mean, it, it keeps going, but
0: I remember reading stories about Max where he would like wake up in the middle of the night to eat, to put on weight, to play offensive line. I, do I have that right?
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did. It, Max was. You know, he's such a – it's funny. He's a really smart guy. He was just hilarious, and he is just such a good guy. He's always super, super positive, and he was always – he was hardcore when he needed to be. And, you know, I was mad at him for the longest time because I'm 80% sure. So you guys know what, like, canker sores and stuff are, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Of course.
1: So there's a, uh, the, there's a more like, a scientific term called, like, herpes simplex, and there's, like, type 1 and 2. So we are, it's my sophomore year, spring ball. And, you know, we got mouthpieces and all that. And we're in a locker room and mouthpieces fall on the ground. You pick them up, put them in your mouth. Well, I'm putting my helmet on. My mouthpiece isn't in it. I look kind of close to my locker and there's one mouthpiece. I'm like, you know what? That's got to be mine. So put it in my mouth. It's all slimy and stuff. And, you know, I'm trying to get it adjusted. I'm like, man, this does not fit right. Like, what is going on? And so I had in my mouth all practice and not I add, I used to be a huge germaphobe, not anymore, but I used to be. <laughs> and so I'm like, man, what is going on? So at the end of practice, I was going to go over to Mr. Rex, our trainer and tell him, Hey, I, 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 can I go ahead and boil a new mouthpiece? And this one's, it's just off. And I look and at the bottom, it has a number on it. it had 61 and that was Max's mouthpiece. And then oh. a day later, I get I get canker sores all over my lips, all over my tongue, my <laughs> cheeks. And so, and Mr. X he thinks that I got it from, from Max. So I giving, <laughs> oh, oh, man. man, you gave me herpes. <laughs> did,
0: did he, do you think he planted it? Is he the culprit or do you think it was just a mistake? Do you think he did that purposely or? You
1: know, I gave him a hard time about doing it purposely, but I, I, I definitely think it was just a mistake because it, was, it wasn't it was in my locker. It was actually on the ground by my locker. So I, I can't blame him completely, but I get, like to give him a hard time about it.
0: Of all the guys you mentioned, James, is there a former Mizzou teammate that you keep in touch with the most? You mentioned a lot of names there in terms of your favorite, but is there someone that you're in contact with the most here in 2020?
1: Um. I'd say there's a few guys that I'll text it, like uh, Jarrell Jackson. Um, I'll still text him. Um, Henry Josie. And then, like with Will Ebner, it's usually on social media, but we'll still keep in touch. And then, um, Damian Washington, I've talked to him a few times. And then, uh, and Maddie, uh, i talked to him a few times. Those are probably – oh, and then uh, Bud Sass, because we actually – we uh, played high school against each other Uh, growing up a couple times Um, but and those are probably the that I can think of the main ones that I've I've kind of kept in contact and what's kind of crazy about it is you know everyone has their lives and they're busy and it's not like we're we have that natural interaction being teammates every day but with a lot of guys it's it's kind of like you would pick up just like we did hang out yesterday or the day before it's like if I saw some of those guys it would be like you know, hugs all around, just oh. laughing and talking and catching up. Um, and that's, that's a really cool part about it. And I mean, just with any kind of, not just sports, but any kind of job, any kind of setting where you, you, there's people you interact with and talk with every day, you become coworkers and teammates and friends. Mm-hmm. Um, you just have such an organic relationship and it kind of lasts for, I mean, not to be presumptuous, but almost kind of lasts forever.
2: Totally. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, especially, you know, when you're going through, you know, challenges, you're working hard to accomplish one goal. You build bonds that literally last a lifetime. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So you said you're on the way to Colombia now. I got to ask, you know, what's your favorite Columbia res- restaurant or establishment? And like, what's that one spot that you're like, I got to stop here when I'm in Colombia?
1: Okay. Uh, El Mague. So I used to call it El Mague. uh uh-huh. But it's... I found out like two years ago. It's El Mage. <laughs> <So>, oh. <laughs> I always call it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, now, now you know. <laughs> okay. Um, and then there's a place right across the street called Hot Mongolian Grill. Oh yeah. I really like that place. And it's I used fun. to. I found out too when I was there in June. I didn't know the Fuddruckers shut down. because um, that's I loved eating the Fuddruckers. Uh, uh, so you know, I will say I definitely eat like a lineman as far as I'll eat anything that's in front of me. But I went to a lot of places, but those are the, the ones that probably stuck out the most when I was there. Uh, and then, I mean, Chipotle when I was, Chipotle's kind of anywhere, but right. um, just, I was always on campus downtown. I'd always eat a few burritos. And uh, and then of course, Shakespeare's. I, I'm a pizza dude. I Pizza and mm-hmm. milkshakes and donuts. I don't know what it is, but I've got almost like an endless pit when it comes to those.
0: James, I've got to ask, which NFL team do you root for? Because if, if the Internet's right and anything you read on the Internet has to be true. But I read you were born in <laughs> Oklahoma City. You went to high school in Texas and then you played briefly for the Lions in 2014. Just who are what's your rooting interest from an NFL
1: standpoint? Uh, you know, it's it's kind of changed, but for the most part, it's always been. kind I like players. I don't necessarily have teams um, that I root for. I've never been a big, like, even when I, when I committed to Mizzou in high school, um, you know, I, I didn't know who the quarterback was until when I went there and I met uh, Blaine. Like, I didn't know anything about previous quarterbacks. Uh, I wasn't really big, and then, like, on Sundays and stuff, you know, I'd go to worship, and then I'd hang out with buddies and, and play. Like, I wouldn't, I'll go inside to watch games because my favorite team was on and then as I've got older and also um, had buddies that are either still on some teams or like I said guys that I just like to watch play then I really started to just root for them and so I, I don't I, I really don't have a, a favorite uh, team but there's definitely players that I enjoy watching play whether or not it's I not to be and judgmental whether or not i like them like as a person or, or what they stand for there's some guys that i just enjoy watching play the game
0: are those other fellow quarterbacks or do you have other position groups that you like watching who 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 are a few of those players
1: oh no it, it's just kind of everybody i mean you know pretty standard i like watching guys like uh mahomes and lamar um even herbert i, I saw what playing the other day uh, yeah he got exactly. his first start like 10 seconds before the game he, right. he found out he was going to. Um, I like Saquon. I like watching J.J. Watt. I like um, watching uh, C.D. Lamb. I like mm-hmm. watching Kyler. I like watching DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, yeah, it's it's kind of any position. It, it doesn't really matter. It's just either the, whether they're good players or, um, you know, whatever they stand for. I I just – I'm a, a fan of watching good players.
2: James, I have one final comment. You probably don't remember this story, but uh, I lived across the hall from Alex Demchek back in the day uh, (laughs) of freshman year. So you would always come in Lathrop and whatnot. And I particularly remember uh, I played you in FIFA, I think once or twice. And, you know, we'll we'll just say that you got to improve on your FIFA skills, man.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I'll tell you this this story real quick. So I, I got an Xbox when I was a sophomore in high school. I got an Xbox... Uh, for my my birthday, and I had it for, like, a month, and then I decided to sell it to my buddy because I was like, you know, it's fun, but I want to play in college because I started getting interest, so I sold it to my buddy, whatever. I played sports. So I get there. I I get there in January. I enroll at Mizzou in January, and Matt White is safety, Marvin Foster, defensive tackle, uh, Michael Sam, defensive end, and Jaleel Clark, wide receiver. So I'm there earlier I, I'm rooming with Eric Waters, and these guys are right across the hall from us. And so, uh, you know, on the weekend and stuff, they, they had their buddies. The guy just got there. They'd been there already. So they had their friends and stuff, and they'd go, and they'd hang out with them, and they had an Xbox. So one time I came over, and they were playing Call of Duty, and I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, James, you want to play? And I was like, uh, I've never played, but sure. So I played, and I did terrible well. You know like i said i i didn't have a make it have a ton of friends at the time so when they went out and hung out with their friends and went eating and whatnot i was like hey do you guys mind when when you leave let me know and can i play call Duty?" like yeah and it was cool because they wouldn't get back till like three in the morning And let me tell you from like 9 p.m to 3 a.m that seven hours went by way <laughs> <laughs> and so then i started playing and that was like every weekend three or four times a week and I got really, really good. So it went from, on uh, having one kill and like 25 deaths to I was having like 40 kills, one or two deaths. I was dominating, and I was just playing and playing and playing. So, it was a uh, it was a fun experience. And then I realized too, it's like man, you get to playing that, and you realize time goes by so fast so what i have to say to your fifa skills is you need to stop spending seven hours a day playing FIFA. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, that's funny i'm not that big in the games but i do enjoy
2: FIFA
0: every now and
1: then. <laughs> no they're definitely fun to play i, I yeah. am with you 100
0: james next time instead of the podcast we'll live stream a rematch of the of that fifa match between you and <laughs> yeah.
1: okay i'm down i gotta i have a ps4 at home and so I'll I'll have to download the game and we'll have another rematch.
0: Nice. Okay. Before signing off, James, I know there was something you wanted to tell our listeners about.
1: I just launched my business technically today and it's making wood wall art. So basically at first I got a bunch of scrap wood cuz I was doing stuff to our house and there was all these different angles and stuff I was cutting. And I was like, man, I can make something. So I started making pictures uh, to hang up on the wall. So what I'm actually doing is I got officially licensed by Mizzou and I've got four standard Mizzou designs um, that are on, I've got an Instagram and an Etsy and then I'll have a Facebook here in about another day or two, but I'm also going to do other stuff. Like, you know, you've seen like the modern farmhouses, they've got Mm -hmm. pictures and stuff out of wood of like mountains and arrows and stuff like that. So I'm going to branch off and do that. But, I've got these four Mizzou ones, and I want to try and come up with a new Mizzou one uh, once a month. But if you guys wouldn't mind just helping get the word out, I'd really appreciate it.
0: That's not a problem. And, James, where can people find that work? You mentioned uh, Instagram and Etsy and everything. Do you have, do you have a handle yeah. that you can share?
1: Yes, sir. It's uh, Franklin underscore made underscore designs. So just Franklin, F-R-A-N-K-L-I-N underscore uh, M-A-D, made underscore designs, D-E-S-I-G-N-S. And then, uh, so that's on Instagram, on Etsy, it's Franklin Made Designs, no spaces. I'm trying to get the word out because right now I'm I'm just doing it by myself. And so I don't want to get overwhelmed. So I don't want to, you know, that'd be awesome. But at the same time, I don't want to have just tons and tons of traction and, and orders because I wouldn't be able to fulfill them in a certain amount of time. But uh, I just want to get out there. Now, I want to try and get, Um, maybe 10 to 20 made a week, uh, but see how that goes. But I really appreciate it. if, Like I said, you don't have to share it like on a page or anything if you don't want to, but just, you know, whether it's word of mouth or something like that, it would mean a lot.
0: Absolutely. Well, James, as we start to wrap up here, thank you for joining Stuck in Misery. You are welcome back at any time. Hope you and wish you and your family all the best. Whenever the CFL resumes, that you get that fresh start that you're looking for in Saskatchewan. Thank you again for joining, James.
1: Yeah, no, I appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much for having me, uh, for reaching out, and, and also being uh, very considerate. It, it means a lot, and I think you guys are, are doing a good job.
0: Many thanks to our guest, James Franklin, for James West, and Sam Renschen. I'm Mark Bergen. Thank you for listening to Stuck in Misery please rate, review, and subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. Take care, so long, and we'll see you next time.